Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111 on this Thursday. We uh we will have open phone lines the entire first hour. Had a lot of interviews yesterday. We had some angry callers. And so if anybody wants to um call and express their opinions on that subject that again I, I I can't even really I'm not even prepared right now to wrap my mind around it but we the the the, the question was brought up about this um, you know the suggestion or the rumor or whatever category you want to put it in that Casper the quitter could come back to the Saints and team up with Tom Brady as the quarterback. And, of course, high emotions there, and and that was brought up. So any thoughts that you have on that or any other same subject, feel free. Uh, We will be talking to the guru at the top of the next hour and then Luke, like we typically do on a Thursday. So um, if you would like to get in, the 10 o'clock, I mean the 9 o'clock hour right now is the time to do so. We – Cajun basketball tonight against McNeese. Got um talked to Jim yesterday for the McNeese Coaches Show. Talked a little bit about that. And again, it's uh I think I think I heard earlier there were some poll questions to that effect. And one of the things I told Jim was I I think uh Georgia State is has developed and, you know, we'll see how long it lasts into a nice, a really nice rivalry in men's basketball for the Cajuns. It's been that way since 2014, really. Um, just a little extra juice. Now the coaching changes might have changed that a little bit um, for some of the the participants, I don't know that that impacts it for the fans a great deal. I've told the story before that I spoke a couple years ago to the Georgia State Athletic Director, and he said, look, he said, if it was up to me, every one of our home games would be the Cajuns against Georgia State. Like, if he could do that, it's like, of course, I mean, and that's, he's just making the point that it's developed into a rivalry, and obviously anytime you do too much, it kind of loses its luster a little bit, but – but but it is a nice rivalry. But in my mind, and maybe it's because I'm older and and I know some of you probably don't believe this, but a little less emotional when it comes to sports than, it, than I was way back when, especially when it comes to Cajun basketball when I was over the top and just, as I said in the promo, when it's pretty true, I just had to. Had to, had to, I had to give that up. I had to step back. But anyway, um, me in the game of basketball, we just, we just don't, we don't match up well. 
Let's put it that way. Um, it is, um, you know, again, I re- still very much remember when McNeese was a big rivalry and Lamar was a big rival. And uh, I'm not questioning anything. I think the Cajun Athletic Department has done a great job of moving forward and made incredible progress. But the one thing that it's not been able to do in my mind is really replace the rivalries of yesteryear while making financial and economic and and moving forward in the overall world of college athletics. They haven't really replaced those. And hopefully that will come in time. I, I think Southern Miss has a chance. Like if the Cajuns and Southern Miss are still in the Sunbelt Conference together 10 years from now, um, you know, I, I think that's got a shot to be a really good rivalry in, in a number of sports, especially baseball. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it could be coming. I, I You know, it's tremendous the direction we're going. And yet some people – will turn their noses at the Cajuns playing McNeese. And uh, I I have never been one of those um, because my frame of reference is a little too large for that. It goes back further, too far for me to to have that. Uh, You know, in baseball, they still have really good games. In softball, they have really good games. And so it's still a really nice softball rivalry. And we'll see what happens tonight. At the Legacy Center, I've never been there. And so looking forward, I've heard some good things. Looking forward to that, and we'll see how, how they play. You know, McNeese is, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. McNeese is very tested. They played a brutal schedule. They've lost uh, Iowa State and Tennessee and uh, Baylor. And they, you know, once the, after they play the Cajuns tonight, they still got to play Southern Miss in Houston, a top five team in the country. So, their schedule is brutal. And um, so they're a tested team. And playing a good team like the Cajuns is not going to be anything new to them after all the teams they played and are on their schedule. But we'll see. The three-point shot has been falling for the Cajuns, which is good to see. And we'll see if that will continue. Coach Murphy was on yesterday, and he was talking about how much they change defenses a lot. And so – you know, if you're not knocking down threes and they're playing, you know, kind of unique zone uh, defenses, it, it can mess with you. So we'll see what happens tonight. And that game should be an interesting one in Lake Charles. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Listen, I'm a, I'm going to uh, use a, a Ronnie terminology on, on you, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin, catch your head, Kevin. Everybody, catch your head. There is Casper and Tom Brady. Okay, why would Casper come back? He 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 won. Like I understand, I have no understanding of what would bring the man back to New Orleans. You know, it's like the little ripple effect. Somebody throws a rock in the water, and the ripples go out. People go crazy, but Kevin, does anybody really think that he's coming back to New Orleans? Well, I mean, I I have no idea. Now, I can tell you why it would happen, because he didn't retire. I've been saying that since day one. All he did was get a little burnout, and he's got this stupid mentality from that idiot Stalin, Bill Parcells, that tells him you can't stay somewhere too long. You got Your message runs out. So – 
He has that in the back of his mind. So all he wanted to do, what most of us want to do, man, it'd be nice to take a year off. Wouldn't it be nice to take a year off? Yeah, sure. Right. And so when you make the kind of money he did in the position, he did what a lot of us would love to do. And so he took a year off. He had his new wife. and, 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 And he got away from the grind a little bit. And he's already said that he misses it. And so, oh, yeah. so if, I just don't think right. So if back. San Diego, but Manny, listen, if San Diego doesn't work out, or Arizona, which is I don't think he'd go to Arizona anymore. I, I thought that, but I, it's gonna be a year without the quarterback. Basically, he you know? loves he he didn't dislike New Orleans. All he ever talks about how he wants to be at a place where he knows he can win, where he, he, he the GM and the mm-hmm. owner and everything is stable and good. I mean. He, he already uh, knows he can do that in New Orleans, so that makes total so, sense. So, so Tom Brady, you think Tom Brady's going to pick up and go somewhere? I mean, I just don't. At forty-five or forty-six, but he'll be. Oh, I don't think he's going to be in Tampa next year. Way. I don't think he's going to be in Tampa next year. No, I think he's going to be somewhere else. I think he's going to be retired. I think. I mean, uh, I don't think but, so. I mean, who knows? Okay, Kevin. Bad news, man. <laughs> bad news. Not that it really matters, but rookie quarterback. First time starter, Kevin. Does that make your stomach churn when you hear Desmond Ritter getting his first start for Atlanta Falcons in the Dome against the Saints? How does that make you feel, Kevin? You know, I, I saw someone sent me a graphic earlier this week. And, again, I've been trying to avoid the whole reality of the Saints for a while now. Well, at least right. since Monday, but since, but since but, the Monday night debacle, I haven't talked to you since. Then. But but, anyway, but uh, it, it's been really bad lately. Now, overall, the, the Saints have a winning record. I saw the stat. I'd have to go back and look it up. The Saints actually have a winning record overall against first-time starters, but in the last like ten years or so, it hasn't been a real good situation. No. Yeah. Okay. All right, Ken. One last thing. I know I'm pushing the envelope because I usually don't talk to someone. I don't want to pull a joy, but. Listen, uh, you know, I heard I, I didn't call yesterday, but I heard a little bit about you know J.C. Arsenal and and your thoughts on the future coaching profession. You know, I'm old, an old guy who kind of backed away and and started taking on a little less of duties, but spent almost 30 years, as you know, in the high school ranks. My friends and I, you know, Coach Lotif and so on, and so on. Coach Man, we just it, it, it's going to be increasingly difficult. Kevin, I mean, I just, uh, you know, it's definitely a different world. And, you know, maybe it's old guys like us, you know, and we, maybe it's time for new guys to take over. But it's uh, it's a unique dynamic now. And uh, like like you said yesterday, it's going to be very interesting in the next decade, 15 years, whatever, <clears throat> to see what's going to occur in the high school coaching ranks. I mean, you know. Uh, I think what's going to happen is we're going to continue to have more and more non-coaches, non-faculty members coaching teams, and no and doubt. and and I guess there's a, I guess you could find a few good things about that, but I think there's a lot of bad that comes along with that as well. I agree, so, Kevin. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. All right, Kevin. Listen, uh, have a great day. If I. I may or may not talk to you, but I think I probably will. But if not, Merry Christmas to you. All right. You too, sir. And tell Hannah to take off that electric coat she's wearing. You don't need that in Louisiana. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right, Kevin. Thank you. Oh, and again, 
I, I, I'm not saying that I'm sitting over here hoping it happens. I'm just saying it would not surprise me at all because I could easily, you know, see how it could happen. I mean, it. this isn't, do I think it's going to happen? No, but do I think it's anything close to far-fetched? No, I don't think it's far-fetched at all. There are a lot of the reasons why it logically could take place. Um, one of the things that I've heard national commentary about this is someone saying, well, to do this, you either have to suspend your current quarterback plans or put your current quarterback plans on hold. Well, do the Saints even have any quarterback plans? Like, I thought they had one, and then they didn't even employ it. So right now, now I'm sure they have some ideas that they're not telling us, and I'm starting to fear that the idea is that Andy Dalton's going to be the opening day starter for the Saints in 2023, whatever year next year is. Um, That worries me, but... I mean, is, are there that many more teams in the league that are in a in a in more of a of a logical position to put their their quarterback plans on hold? And again, I don't even know if the Saints have any quarterback plans. They don't seem to. I mean, I'm sure that, again they have ideas and contingency plans, but I mean, I don't. There, I'm sure there are a couple other teams that are in position to put their quote unquote quarterback plans on hold. For a year or two, all you're doing is postponing a decision. You're postponing uh, the next, you know, you, you, you would just be putting it off for whoever he decides to go to next year. I do not believe that he's planning on. Um, I do not believe that he's planning. He, he went through all of that marital issue. And he's going to come back for one year. For one year? He he, he, he jeopardized his future family-wise for one year? I, I, that's hard for me to believe. But who knows? I don't. We have no idea what's really going on in his mind. We're all just guessing and speculating. But um, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's going to be a mess. I'm trying not to think about it. And at some point, like I, I tell myself this all the time with um, the Astros. At some point, you just have to trust them. I think the Saints have built up trust with consistency over the years other than the injury situation. By the way, the Saints picked up a running back. <laughs> it's about 18 months too late. But they picked up a running back yesterday. Like, what is he going to do, Benjamin? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how much he's going to be able to play on on Sunday. But I guess if a quarterback can play on short notice, a running back certainly can. And uh, hopefully, he can get a few carries. And uh, maybe they, somebody said, you know what, we might need a running back. 
Uh, hello, McFly. You've been needing one for a year and a half. We'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about the Hangout Music Fest. Gulf Shores, Alabama. I'm sure you remember it from last year. It's it's back May the 19th through the 21st, where you can see such groups as the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, and Lil Nas X, you said? Lil Nas X. And much, much more. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles would like to set you up with VIP passes. What does that mean? That means exclusive viewing areas, stage-sized pools, hot tubs, gourmet food. We're talking about a beach vacation like none other. To get eligible, all you have to do is join the Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You might be able to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Fest May 19th through 21st in Gulf Shores, Alabama. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706 0111. 706 0111. I um I think I've been a little fascinated with one of the major topics on sports talk radio programs and TV programs around the country this week. And it, it, it's so ironic to me to hear this discussion and it also I I think it's largely being misinterpreted. And I think uh, it's because people are so, they have such a QW mentality that they're missing the point. And what I'm talking about is this, these comments that Cowboy linebacker Michael Parsons had. Now, I've heard one or two people get interpreted in the way that I think that he meant it. But... If you didn't hear Michael Parsons, I don't know, he's doing some podcast or something, and and they basically um, asked him the question, does Jalen Hurts, you know, deserve the MVP or, you know, something along that lines. And, you know, he kind of hesitated and he talked about the other parts of the team that are doing well. And... Some people make are trying to make it out to this big where he's slamming Jalen Hurts. Well, I didn't interpret it that way. You know, I think they're making too big a deal out of this. He's not slamming Jalen Hurts. He's slamming the 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 the, 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 the QW mentality. 
essentially all he said was that they have a good team. And that when you have a good team, because it's a team sport, that it's easier to play quarterback when you have this going for you and this going for you and you're playing defense and you're forcing turnovers and you're running the ball and you have good receivers. But again, the, 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 the QW mentality in this country is so distorted, so diminished, so over the top, they can't even hear what the man is saying. He, he somewhere in his little response, he just said something to the fact that I just love the game. We well, see for most people listening, the game is just the quarterback. It's the star player. That's all they care about. They can't get past. Oh, he's the star. They can't get past that. When Micah Parsons says I just love the game so much, and I know so much about the game. That means he gets that it's a team game. He sees by watching film, yes, Jalen Hurts has done a tremendous job, but he's got advantages that most other quarterbacks in the league just don't have. Now, part of that is his skill set is unique. It's kind of what we always say. Or I always say on this show, the Saints don't matter. They have no chance to beat that team because they don't match up with them at all. Um, they just, I, 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 it just shows you why I do this QW thing, which we got to update this week. By the way, I'll try to do that either today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow. But it's um. It, it, it's just another example of how, in my opinion, how off base the way that, like, they can't, most of the people that I've heard comment on this discussion, they can't even, it's either, it's either Jalen Hurts is just tremendous and deserves the MVP or, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. There is no other opinion. It's like, there is no other way. What does he mean? Well, what he means is that football is a team game. So this whole idea that the, quote, MVP, whoever that quarterback is, is it's all about them and they're the reason why the team is winning, it's bogus. And it's funny to hear all these people, they can't even get out of their own way because they're tripping over their own QW-dom, you know, however you want to say it. I mean, they just can't, they can't understand. What? It's a team game? Like, maybe... He's doing well because he really matches up well with his coach's offensive philosophy. And he's got, um, you know, the offensive line and the receivers and the defense and the special. It's all working. And it's making him look better than he would look if he played on another. Oh, no. They just they just can't do it. It's just it's it's hilarious to me. It's hilarious. But again, if you've been listening to this show for very long, you shouldn't. You should get all of that. You should have been able to interpret what Michael Parsons was saying and not be all confused. He's not bashing. Like, I'm not bashing Josh Allen or Tom Brady or um, 
Patrick Mahomes or any other quarterback that gets held high in these MVP discussions. What It's not that they're bad. It's not that they're not great quarterbacks, and it's not that they're not doing their jobs. I'm bashing the mentality that the MVP, one, always has to be a quarterback, and that the quarterback is carrying his team. It's a two-way street. And people just don't get it. I mean, and this whole Micah Parsons Eagles thing is another prime example of that. They just don't get it. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. This is Kyle. Good morning, man. Good morning. I, I was just listening to you about, you know, and I, I agree with you about, you know, this is a team game. Okay. But – one thing that you always that you have to keep in mind is when you're dealing with the quarterback position, you're dealing with by far the most important player on the team. Okay, because there's the quarterback position is probably the only position that could take a team such as the Eagles, such as Buffalo, such as Cincinnati, and I could go on and on that are Super Bowl contenders and make them a non-playoff team. So even though you're looking at as a team game, you still got to emphasize that position because it is just so much more important than the other positions. Have you watched Buffalo in the last month? Josh Allen ain't done very much. Oh, yeah, but it's because that's all they have on offense. I mean, he's taking a beating right now. He's hurt. He is, you know, but I mean, but they have, they have, they play very good, but they play very good defense. In other words, if Josh Allen was having to play like Breeze did in 14 and 15, they would, they would have a losing record. Well, I tell you what, if if Josh Allen is not on that football team at the beginning of the year, they got a losing record right now. If Joe Burrow is not on that on that Cincinnati Bengals football team, they got a losing record right now. Jalen Hurts is surrounded by not if Josh Allen players. is there. I mean, it depends Josh who you're replacing Allen. him with. If you replace him with a donkey, I agree with you. But again, the reason why it, 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 like Patrick Mahomes, the reason why he's made this incredible is because they they have one of the, they have a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame tied in, and he's got all these weapons. Yeah, but do you watch when he? Do you watch what he does? What he does, there's not very many that do that. Most of the quarterbacks in, in, that would be in his position wouldn't have made that third down underhand sidearm throw. That no, yeah, to, to keep that drive going. But a lot of them would have thrown you the know? three picks he threw in that game. Well, that's one. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have those kind of games, but he's going to win a lot more for you than he's going to lose. But I mean, you know. I understand Philadelphia is a good football team. They're better than I had to start watching them before I could really appreciate how good they are. They don't have a whole lot of weaknesses. But Jalen Hurts is playing really, really no, good. No, he is. But right if Jalen Hurts was playing you know, for the Bears, he would, he would be, we would think he was terrible. I agree with that. But I, they, I agree with that. Exactly. It's That's about fit in that game. Yeah. But, I, you know, when you take him, but when, even when you take him off of a good team, when you take a good quarterback off of a good team, that team still loses substantial amount of talent when that quarterback position is gone, even though they are a good team. And Philadelphia is one that would. Look, 
Joe Burrow's surrounded by some pretty good players too. Oh, but absolutely. That offensive line that that would that's there that he manages with because he understands defenses and he can get the ball out quick. That another quarterback would not nearly be good, even though he has T. Higgins and he has Jamar Chase and Kareem and 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 Mixon. All of those are good players, but. That's not a quarterback coming in. Is not Joe Burrow. They are not going to. No, be there's no question. There are quarterbacks that are way better than others. I agree. And they're going to struggle. I, they will struggle. But take him off of Cincinnati, and they're not a playoff team. And right now, I think they might be the best team in the AFC. But that's, that's that quarterback position. But you know, but again, if you put but if you put Joe Burrow on a bad team, as great as he is, they still won't win. Like that's because it's a team game. That's right. what you're saying, and I'm agreeing with you because he has to have some pretty good people around him. And coaching. I agree with that. But you can't take away from that quarterback position and and pull a a really good quarterback off of a good team like Cincinnati and Philadelphia and Kansas City and expect them to be pretty much the same because they're just not going to be. That quarterback position is so much more important. The, but the, you're right about the team game. Yes. All right. I appreciate the call. All right, Kevin. Yeah. Obviously, right. in right. Cheaterville, you know, you see, they, they've got – they're built – you know, the quarterback – of course the quarterback is important because they touch the ball every play. And, again – I think some people misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying the quarterback's not important. Um, I just think it, it it's not a game of horse, and it only depends on what the quarterback does. I mean, again, I think Josh Allen is tremendous. I've been in Josh Allen's corner since he was drafted in terms of his value and his potential. But people, the Bills' defense is really good. It's, it was really good last year, and it's really good this year. If he was playing on, like, again, the kind of offense that Breeze was having to play in 15 and 16 when the Saints didn't play a lick of defense at all, he wouldn't be, we, we would be not talking about them as a Super Bowl contender, no matter how good Josh Allen is, no matter how good he is. So, yes, to Kyle's point, I mean, again, it, in other words, we're not really disagreeing, Kyle and I, but w- what I'm disagreeing with is that that so many people literally, they're not saying it, but they literally believe it's all on the quarterback. Like, if Brady is so great, how come they're not winning this year? <laughs> this idea, like Aaron Rodgers, if you really do, you, do these people, if you really believe that Aaron Rodgers has slipped as a quarterback from last year to this year, he's just digressed, then you've just lost your mind. Like, he's not, Aaron Rodgers didn't hit a wall and all of a sudden he can't do, he doesn't know how to play quarterback anymore and he doesn't have a strong right arm. He, he didn't just hit a wall and now he's terrible because the team is struggling. He wasn't as he wasn't as great as everyone said he was last year because it's a team game, and he's not nearly as bad as everybody thinks he is right now. He's fought. I hear all these people talk, oh, he's falling off, and what? You're, he's a two-time MVP, and now less than a year later, he just he just can't play the game no more. He just he can't make the throws. He's just not good. All right. 
the team is different. The dynamic of the team is different. I just, they kill me with that quarterback stuff. It's like the Heisman Trophy. What a joke. The Heisman Trophy's a joke. These All these MVPs, that's why it's all a joke because it delivers the wrong message and people don't get it. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros. That's different than Rudolph. I like that. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you about the Whitney Houston movie giveaway. The biographical movie on Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. You could win two sneak peek passes. All you need to do is text Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, text Whitney to 683. Text Whitney to 683. You might win a pair of tickets for the sneak peek preview on December the 20th. I believe that's Tuesday, if I'm correct, at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. Sneak peek preview brought to you by A. Brian Jewelers and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning. Uh, I want to kind of comment on what you were talking about, about the whole uh, QW situation and all that. Now, I got a perfect example, my Dallas Cowboys, okay? When Dak Prescott went down and got hurt, you think it was because Cooper Rush why we were winning? No, it was because our defense is it, 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 it has been carrying us all season long. You know, and, I mean, a lot of people like to give uh, Michael Parsons a hard time because I mean, he speaks and everything. Just like it, I don't know if you had heard about it, but a, a couple of weeks ago when uh, Brittany Griner got got released or whatnot, uh, he he said, hey, "What about the Marine?" You know, and they took that all offensive like. You know, I mean, it's because the man grew up in a military family, you know? You know, and same situation in Cheetahville, you know, with the with the 49ers. You think the 49ers will win it because of Brock Purdy? No. You know, it, just like the old saying goes, together everyone achieves more. If you ain't got a whole a good team, you're not going to win no Super Bowl, you know? I mean, but like you said, they're so stuck in that mentality, you know, that the quarterback does everything. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Is he a vital part? Yes. But, I mean, like like I said, my Dallas Cowboys, it's because their defense has carried them all year. Now, the last few games, our offense has kind of stepped up, you know, but I 100% agree with you, you know, and uh, that's all I pretty much had. But uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thanks. You know, there, there are, I think there are some Cowboy fans or people who are just football fans that are a little concerned about Dak. And, again, I – everything it's it's just all these discussions are about the whole obviously how great this quarterback is or this quarterback is I mean it's just so much what they do um is so dependent on others and I just don't think some will, will ever get it but no I, I I think your Cowboys are a good example I think the cheaters are a good example of um you know, teams that the quarterback still might be the most important position in that they touch the ball all the time. But, I mean, the the, the quarterback wasn't one of the best five players on the cheaters. I mean, they 
they're so – and, again, if you, you don't have an offensive line, then how good is the quarterback? It's just – it's like we can go round and round on that. I, I just brought it up again because I think the whole Michael – the comments that I've heard about what Michael Parsons said and what, he, what I believe he was trying to say just illustrate the whole QW argument we have on this show all the time and how some people, they just can't even get out. They just, they just don't get it. They aren't even close to getting it because they're so saturated with the quarterback is the hero that comes down from Mount Olympus and saves the day, and it's all his fault if he loses, and it's all his fault if he wins. I mean, it's just it's incredible. Again, the game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. Doesn't mean that the Saints quarterback situation isn't high on my list of priorities. But if you if look, if you can't play functional defense consistently, then it's not gonna matter how good your quarterback is. It's not gonna matter. Like, I understand that most of the country believed or believes that the teams that won, you know, like the one got to the Super Bowl last year was all about Matthew Stafford. It was all about Cooper Cup. And it was all about uh, Joe Burrow. No, go back and watch the games. Other than that, Chiefs Bill games that we're going to be talking about forever. The quarterbacks didn't play that big a role in all them other games. The defenses did, and the field goal kickers did. It was not the quarterbacks. You got to be able to play functional defense. And again, what the Bills have done in the last three or four weeks is not helping my fantasy team. Okay, it's not. But I think it's increasing their chances of getting and potentially winning the Super Bowl. Because it's too difficult to try to go all the way to Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl just on throwing the football and everything being on the quarterback's shoulders. That's not a good plan. Got to be able to run the ball. Even if it's when you have a lead in the fourth quarter, you have to be able to run the football. So because since Josh Allen has gotten injured – and other factors as well. Like, they've played really good defenses. Like, the Jets are playing really good defense. So it's not like, you know, Josh Allen's injury is the whole reason or he's struggling or, no, you know, they don't know how to call play. Ken Dorsey all of a sudden doesn't know how to call plays. It's not, you know, it's not. They've all, they're also playing really good defenses of late. Um. And weather plays a role. All those things play a role. So, it, you know, the fact that they he, he isn't playing like he did for the first six or eight weeks of the season where it was just like it seemed like they were past the 50 and driving on every single down. They're having to run the football, and so they don't look as fancy and people are starting to doubt them. I think that makes them better. Because you got to be able to grind some. Not every game's going to be 50 to 48 in the playoffs. Almost every game isn't that. So I think the Bills have gotten better, even though most people think they have it. 
It's just it's not helping my fantasy team. Not helping it at all. Gabriel Davis has had a few big games, but he has not been what I was hoping he'd be. And the the kicker has done a good job for me. Bass, a Georgia State, Georgia Southern alum, but uh, Josh is not. You know, I'm hoping he has a couple big games left with him when they get to the playoffs next week, but not helping it right now. We'll talk fantasy, and I'm not trying to tell you about my fantasy team. I'm t- talking about in relation to evaluating these quarterbacks and. Um, Kyle brought up Joe Burrow and look I, I think Joe Burrow was a special he's got a special mindset I, I've never argued that I, I really think he does he just you know I'm in a good way I, I, I look at him he's like that cat's like a cold-blooded killer I mean he's just it doesn't seem like he, he is ever nervous ever like you know, and they can say that about Tom Brady, but that's not true. I mean, that cat bails. <laughs> he just, what? He's bailing, cat. I throwing it up for, I don't, he ain't worried about who's on the other end. He's bailing. But, but um, Joe Burrow is something. So I'm not arguing that he's not good. I'm just saying if you went, if you objectively went back and looked at their playoff get wins last year, he wasn't that big a part of it. They won because they played defense and they they constantly settled for field goals and the kicker, who's a punk, but he made kicks. They got to the Super Bowl because their defense stopped the best running team in football on third and one and fourth and one. If they don't if their defense doesn't do that, they don't win at Tennessee. Just doesn't happen. They don't win. Just Everyone just forgets it. Like, it's all about the quarterback. Drives me crazy. Anyway, let's take a timeout. We'll finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back to the game. Let's do this. Let's go right to the phone lines. Hello. Uh, Not there. My fault. I just, anyway, want to remind you. To listen to the Louisiana Christmas Channel, if you want to listen to all your favorite Cajun classics or your local Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel, nonstop Christmas music 24-7, you can listen on LouisianaChristmasChannel.com or download your free mobile app and Android on both your Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to Holiday Cheer 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. All right. Um... We opened the hour talking about the Cajuns playing McNeese in men's basketball. I um, got a great treat yesterday. I've to- I've said it before a few times over the years that Jordan Brown's dad, Dion Brown, was my, you know, if I was going to list my favorite all-time UL basketball players, he would be at the top of that list. I've always been a power forward guy. Um. And he was just steady, power forward. Again, I, I always use these. You know, my favorite jazz player was Chuck Robinson. Everyone loved Pete Maravich, and I understand why. And Pete Maravich was tremendous talent. I mean, historic talent. Not arguing any of that. But I'm more of a power forward guy. And and Dion was just tremendous. And I got a chance to. I've, I've spoken with him before when when Jordan was being recruited by the Cajuns. 
what was that, four years ago originally. Uh, got a chance to talk to him, and that was a great thrill. And then yesterday got a chance to talk to him again and talking about some of the the great wins and frustrating losses and teammates and all of that. And so it was tremendous. But the main message that I got from him that, that was so encouraging is that he, he still thinks Jordan is going to get better as the season goes on. And he still think and, and, and he reiterated something that I think Jordan has said. Other, he just it, it's, it, he's happier than he's ever been right now playing with the Cajuns. And, you know, and again, you know, he, he signed with Nevada and he went played at Arizona and they didn't, he didn't speak poorly of those places. He just said Jordan is happier now than he's ever been. And it seems that way on the floor and how the players get along. And hopefully he can stay healthy and, and finish out this season um, the way that it started with him being named Sunbelt Conference preseason player of the year and he can continue to improve and the team can and uh, they can finish it out the way they want to. All right, I appreciate um, the calls the first hour. We'll be doing on the phone lines next. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We will not have open phone lines this hour. We are going to start off talking fantasy football and kind of maybe a few lines here along the way with the guru. How are you, sir? Oh, we 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 will um we'll 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 we'll, we'll get to the guru, but um it is just a reminder we've got three Saturday games in the NFL. So the schedule it, it happens this way most years where when we get a little closer to Christmas that they start playing some games on Saturday. Saints fans should remember during the Super Bowl season, uh, the Saints' first loss that year was to the Cowboys. That was a Saturday evening game. And this this week's Saturday schedule is the Colts and the Vikings. On paper, that won't be real competitive. The Ravens at the Browns and the Dolphins and the Bills at 7-15. That should be an interesting one. So, a little bit different. So, for if you're in fantasy, um, you got to a lot of some people might just make their moves other than the Thursday game on Sunday morning. If you have anyone playing in those three games, you don't want to wait till Sunday morning. You need to do it before that. And the first game starts at noon our time. So, just a little FYI for you fantasy people might be in the playoffs or in the final week of the regular season. All right, we have with us. The guru, how are you, sir? Hey, you doing good, Kevin. Now, how th- this is this week has to be crazy because the guru works regularly with uh, uh, the advocate with Zach Ewing, who just won an incredible prize of doing a survivor pool, a hundred grand. So, like, how has he been to live with this week? Oh, he's been chill, actually. You know, I was thinking he'd be 
you know, a little more pulp. But, I mean, he is pulped. I mean, you know, anyone that wins that much would be pulped. But, like, he's, uh, he's been humble about it. You know, he hadn't been as, uh, you know, most people that would win that much, you'd think, would be, you know, in over their head. But, no, Zach, Zach's great, man. He's been awesome about it. I'm uh, hoping we'll have a nice little, like, company retreat or something <laughs> with him because of that because, uh, yeah, that, that's a win of a lifetime. Oh, it's a, it's outstanding. All right, so – are most of your leagues in the playoffs this week or no? Yeah, yeah, most of them are. You know, there's a few that aren't, you know, like our league. But most of them are that I'm in are like 12 teams or more to where they have three weeks of playoffs. So, yeah, I've got a few matchups this week. Got a few buys, which is good. You know, three of my money leagues I have bye weeks in. So, happy about that. So, this week shouldn't be too stressful. So we've talked all year about how wacky it's been. Um, you know, one of the things that's a complication right now, this time of the year, is weather. Another thing is if you have injured or quarterbacks that are back, like Deshaun Watson not playing at a high level, if you happen to have one of the receivers for one of the, that complicates things as well, especially around playoff time. Right, yeah, because sometimes – you kind of torn between, do I go with the hot hand, but like just say a Brock Purdy, or do I go with like the guy that's gotten me there, such as a Tua, who's kind of trending down. But that's always the tough decision to make in the playoffs, but I tend to lean more on the side of go with the guy that got you there. But there are times where if the hot hand's hot enough, you got to ride it. For instance, I have Amari Cooper, who's had actually, after a slow start, he's had a pretty good season. I've gotten more out of him this year than I think a lot of people were thinking, and yet their quarterback is new and not playing well, and he's kind of banged up. So what about Amari Cooper or any other players that are kind of in that category? Yeah, Cooper's tricky because he's kind of up and down, and it doesn't seem like he's clicked with Watson yet. People's Jones has gotten more of the attention. So, yeah, there's some players, you know, yeah, he's one of them that I don't think I trust Amari Cooper. I really wouldn't. And Gabe Davis, another one that's been kind of trending down that I probably wouldn't trust. There's just, you know, Cortland Sutton. Not, they have, those are just different ones I'm thinking of that you just – they're just not trending in the right direction. And when you're in the playoffs, you want people you can trust. And if you're trending down right now, I'm probably not going to want you in my lineup. What about Hopkins? He had the big fumble last week, but they have quarterback issues as well. Right. I think I he gets enough targets, though, to where I'd still feel comfortable starting him no matter the matchup. He has another brutal one this week against Denver. I mean, last week against New England, 7 for 79. That's still viable for fantasy. He's a target hog over there. The one I'm worried about there is Marquise Hollywood Brown. He got off to the great start, but ever since he came back, he is – not done too well. Hopkins is, is still the clear-cut top target over there. So no one this time of the year wants to be picking up quarterbacks to start, but there might be some people. And you know what? The, the, there actually are a few options like, you know, Mike White, if, if if he's still available, that might not be – this is – to me, that'd be a great play this week if you could pick him up because the Lions don't play much defense. Right. It's in New York, though, so the weather could be kind of bad, but I don't think it'll be as bad as, like, Buffalo. So I'm thinking, yeah, Mike White's a nice streamer this week. I've recommended him 
the people in different leagues that he's, you know, it's a great matchup and he's got weapons over there. Him and Garrett Wilson have had a good connection. So yeah, I'm not, I, I like Mike White. It look, is it, is it happening or is it coincidental? Is, you know, you've been a Trevor Lawrence guy from the beginning. Is he finally kind of coming into his own or is that what we're seeing here or not yet? Yeah, I think so. I think he's turning a corner. He's still a little up and down. He's not, quite as consistent as I'd like, but he's still a young QB. I mean, it's only his second year. Some some QBs, it takes him a little while to get their footing under him. Like, I remember last year, everyone was blasting him, and I was like, well, Peyton Manning didn't have a good rookie year. Look how that turned out. So, I'm not saying he's going to be Peyton Manning, but I definitely think he'll yeah, – this is a sign of things to come. I think he'll be a, a strong QB in reality and fantasy for years to come. Is it – too early to buy Brock Purdy. I'd say yes because there's not enough film on him. I feel like he was. I feel like he was slept on. Yes, he shouldn't have been Mister Irrelevant, but I don't think he's like some game changer type QB. You know, the the Tom Brady thing that don't that doesn't come around every day. And granted, it's been a while now since we've had a late round guy like that. Paying out, so maybe he'll be the one, but I wouldn't predict it. I still think Trey Lance is their future. I think Purdy will carry him the rest of the way, though. I think he'll start there and be okay. With that defense, all you need to be is okay. You don't need to be that great. I mean, they were still winning with Jimmy and now with him. So, but I, I don't think he's their long-term solution, though. All right, so it looks like Kenneth Walker may be coming back this week. Are there any other injuries losing or coming back that we need to be aware of? Yeah, Ken Walker should be back. That's a no-go, though. 49ers run defense, best in the league by far. It's a brick wall up there, you know, right there front for the Don't mess with Ken Walker. Uh, yeah, there's a few other injuries of mine. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd both banged up thinking they could come back. I think they were limited in practice yesterday. Probably be more worried about Higgins, but with a hamstring. But looking like they, they should be able to go. You know, Amari Cooper kind of banged up. Didn't practice Wednesday, so definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, Cortland Sutton banged up still. Didn't practice. Trey Burks in concussion protocol. Didn't practice. Those concussion protocol guys are Big, you know, Russ, Russell Wilson and Kenny Pickett. There's slew of players in the concussion protocol. And Lamar Jackson, week to week, it's injuries are rampant right now. Y'all keep a close eye on those reports. So Huntley could be an option. Yeah, Although he got hurt had, too. He cleared the protocol. He had had a concussion too. But yeah, he practiced fully on Wednesday. So he should be good. I don't really like that matchup, though. That Baltimore-Cleveland is probably going to be kind of an ugly game. What about Jeff Wilson? Ooh, yeah, he's stunk lately. He's probably almost droppable at this point. They're playing Buffalo. Yeah, no, I want no part of that. <laughs> so what about um, – is there any other quarterbacks that if you if you have an injured guy that's worth looking at right now? Let's see. Yeah, we mentioned Mike White. We mentioned Brock Purdy. Those would be the two. I mean, maybe if you're really desperate, Andy Dalton. You know, we had mentioned that on the show with Zach Tuesday. I mean, if you're really desperate, you know, he's at home against Atlanta, who's bad against opposing QBs. So, I mean, it's 
not pretty, but you could do worse. I mean, he's in the dome, and they'll probably throw a decent amount. With, 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 we called him Z28. He's been in these, I don't know what he's been. He's been the uh, Z28 without a motor, so he can't really rely on the run. So Dalton's probably going to be forced to throw a good amount. What about Brett Rippon? Yeah, I want no part of that. That that's the ugliest game in a the week. Them in Arizona, yeah. Him and Colt McCoy, psh, good luck. That's uh, that under on the over under on that thirty six. I'm taking the under. What All about? Day, I see very few points being put up there. What about Baker Mayfield? <laughs> Talk about a fluke. That Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. I know he had his moment last week, but that was just the Raiders just being complete idiots. I mean. Yeah, it was cool what he did. He made a the crazy comeback. He can't totally discount that, but it's I don't buy it. You know, Green Bay, they're gonna, I think they're going to put him in his place, and it's like yeah, he's still he's it's like a new system for him. He doesn't have any weapons. Like, I just no, no, sorry, sorry, Baker, no, I don't want it. All right, we're talking fantasy, but you mentioned over under. Like, is there a particular line or over and under or anything that you really like this week? Yeah, I mean, to me, the, yeah, the over-under in that, that Cardinals-Bronco game to me is a great play to under, that is. You know, I like, uh, there's a few lines I like. You know, Bengals, to me, aren't getting nearly enough credit right now. I feel like they're they're a true Super Bowl contender, yet they're still being valued as if they're like, a, you know, above average team, but not an elite team, whereas Tampa Bay is still getting valued as if they're a contender or when you watch them play, they're anything but that. They are a dumpster fire. So to me, Bengals minus three and a half is the best value of the week because the sports books still, they know the public loves Tom Brady. So they're not going to make that line too wide because they know they're going to still get action on, on the bucks. So I've, uh, I mean, the Bengals are a smash play there. The Chiefs, Minus 14 over the Texans. To me, that line would be a lot wider if not for the Texans having that good week last week, which I think was a fraud. They've overall sunk this year. So I think the Chiefs win that by 20, 21, 28, maybe. They're going to kill the Texans. And then the kind of like the Jags, you know, plus four against the Cowboys. I don't know if they'll win, but I think there's a good chance they'll cover. Well, it should be, uh, you know, again, if you're an NFL fan, you got a game tonight. Um, You've got three games on Saturday and then obviously a fairly full Sunday schedule and and Monday with the bye weeks going. So it could could be a great NFL weekend. Yeah, I think so. You know, finally got a full slate, you know, fantasy playoffs are underway. Yeah, this is what it's all about. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see how it all plays out. All righty, sir. We'll see if anything changes between now and next week. I appreciate uh, you your time, and good luck to you. For sure. Yeah, likewise, Kevin. Yeah, All take right, care. take care. Well, the man sound like he's got some playoffs this week. In our league, we're in the final week, so, um, you know, I'll, I'll just hope some of my guys get healthy enough to be able to do damage in the playoffs. We'll see how that plays out. All right, we will take a timeout, shift gears, Come back with Luke Johnson on the other side on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? 
Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the game. Want to remind you about the Christmas comes early sweepstakes where you could win a $500 Visa gift card. All you have to do to be eligible is join the Game Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy to get eligible. The Christmas come early sweepstakes powered by Ormontar Jewelers and the Game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right. We have with us Luke Johnson of the Advocate and NOLA.com. How was your time up north, sir? Well, it was great. I, I apologize for uh, for having to duck out of that, that uh, unexpectedly early, but I was really in the middle of nowhere, and that's exactly what I needed after, uh, after covering 13 games of this Saints season. I, I, I understand. I'm hitting that. You know how it is towards the end of a season – college and high school and all this and there in your case the, the saints when you get towards the end your mind it, it's hard to keep it from going numb especially this saint season so i get it i get it all right let's start off with the hypothetical because you know the reports that we've been getting um the reports that we've been getting about sean payton who we call casper the quitter on this show and you know, whether it's Tom Brady or whatever. I mean, I know there's still so many games left before you even get to the offseason, but, but, but what are your initial thoughts on all those things that we every week we're getting a different Casper update? Well, you know, I mean, it's going to be the, the biggest story of the, the offseason for the Saints, I think, um, you know, one way or another. Um, yeah, obviously my, my colleague uh, Jeff Duncan wrote a, a column this past weekend um, saying that, you know, if, if Sean Payton coaches anywhere in 2023, he should coach for the Saints. Um, obviously, that would mean they would be, you know, cutting ties with Dennis Allen after just one season um, and, you know, bringing back, a, a, obviously, a pretty familiar guy. Um, yeah, I, I think that, look, if they do, if they do decide to move on after just one year from Dennis Allen, which I, I think is a big, big if, um, I think the only reason they would do that would be to bring Sean back. Because I think you'd have a pretty hard time convincing um, you know, one of the top-tier coaching prospects in this year's coaching class uh, to come to New Orleans where you're, you're facing an uncertain future with, with the roster, uh, with, with aging players who are expensive, you have no draft capital this year. Um, you have no quarterback of the future on the roster. Yeah, it's, it, that'd be a tough sell, I think. Um, so the only way that I could see that happening, um, the, the only real realistic or palatable option, if you are going to move on from Dennis, is, is to have a you know basically a firm answer from Sean Payton that he's that he's going to be coming back in. And that's you know at least that's that's in my opinion. Here. So you don't think if 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 Casper came back to be the coach that Dennis Allen would just be go back to being a defensive coordinator? It's not like he'd be going to be a head coach anywhere. 
Yeah, I, I just don't think that would happen. Yeah, I, I think that that'd be a pretty unprecedented move. Um, and I, I think that would actually literally be unprecedented. I, I, I don't think like a head coach who is essentially fired has ever stayed with the organization in a smaller role. Um, so I, I'd be shocked if that happened. That's true, but the whole scenario would be unprecedented. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but you know, that, that particular aspect of it, I, I just have a very hard time believing that's realistic. The, uh, as far as, I mean, I guess behind the scenes, the Saints have some sort of plan, you know, a quarterback. Well, we're going to a plan A and a plan B and a plan C. Um, you know, it hit me about three weeks ago that I, I didn't even consider that one of those plans could be Andy Dalton being the opening day starter next September, which I wouldn't vote for. But it sounds like, you know, I wouldn't put it past him, but. But it seems, with all that said, you know, the whole Tom Brady rumor thing, it doesn't, you're like, yeah, right, like, this silly. But the Saints are in a, seem like would be in a position above just about any else to put their quarterback plans on hold because they don't really have a quarterback plan that we can see. Yeah, uh, but, you know, the, the Brady thing, I think the same thing goes for Aaron Rodgers if the Packers decide to move on from him this offseason. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that being a realistic possibility if Sean Payton's not there. I, I think he's a big draw for quarterbacks like that, right? And, you know, I, I think their current situation, it's, it's, it's kind of hard for me to imagine them convincing you know, somebody like Brady or, or Rodgers or, or you know, you know, those types of players to want to come here for the last years of their career. Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly a possibility, but I think – there's just like so many different ways that this can go. You know, let's say Sean, let's say just for, for sake of, of, uh, you know, having something to talk about here. Um, let's say the, the Cardinals move on from, uh, Cliff King, Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, they convince Sean Payton to go there. And, you know, the price for that is, you know, that for the Cardinals to give up their first round pick, which should be a very, very good pick. Right. So like in that scenario, um, then I, I think you can you can use that first rounder to to find a quarterback you like, and you know it wouldn't surprise me if they then brought Andy Dalton back um, and had him there as like a like a bridge uh, between you know, the present and the future. Because I, I think Dalton has actually played pretty well this year. Like I know people don't want to hear that, um, but like I, I don't think there's anybody's under the illusion that he's their their franchise quarterback. But I, I think. You know, if you're talking about a guy coming in off off the bench, and you know, if you put his numbers up over the course of a full 17 game season, he's thrown for 3,800 yards and 26 touchdowns. Um, that's not bad. You know, he's he's in top 10 of the NFL in passer rating and yards per attempt and completion percentage. He's having a pretty decent year. It's just the the team hasn't been uh, good enough to support what what's been in pretty solid numbers so far. So I don't know. There's there's like so many different ways this can go, Kevin, and I think a, a lot of it depends on you know who is who is calling the shots on offense. All right. So I, I mean, a year ago, I I said when when it happened, I'm like, I really think he's going to go to there, end up going to the Arizona Cardinals because you know we've been hearing this Dallas Cowboy thing for a decade, and folks, that ain't happening. I've been saying that every year, and they've been saying it, and and. and and, and it's still not happening. So I said to Arizona Cardinals, but can 
Sean, every time he talks about it, he talks about stability at owner and GM. The, the Saints are more stable at owner and GM than the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I just think, <laughs> I mean, I think if he had the, the opportunity to come back to New Orleans, I definitely think it'd be, it'd be up there for him, right? Because he knows, he knows the, the whole organization. He's, he knows he'd have a good working relationship with the GM. He knows he'd be able to basically get what he wants from the owner, right? Like those, those are things that matter to him and that are important to him. And obviously he's familiar with the roster. Um, so, you know, I think if that's, if that is an opportunity for Sean Payton, um, I think it would be one he'd, he'd consider and he'd, he'd you know, probably be up near the top of his list. But, you know, you, you also just never know. You know, maybe, Maybe the the Chargers job comes open, which I think is less yeah. likely by the day, right. right? But then then he's 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 in an organization with uh, with you know a, a generational talent at quarterback, and you can see what you can do with that guy. Oh, absolutely! Where he, that's yes. a huge chip over over what the Saints have. Yeah, I think uh, that's a slam dunk if it's if it stays open. But if they make the playoffs, I don't know that they're going to fire him. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing too. And and look, but I, I think. Yeah, it's just it's, it's kind of kind of the wild west right now. You just have no idea what's going to happen. And even though you know, I think the Cowboys have had a very good year, and you you just kind of wrote them off. But I mean, if if they go one and done in the playoffs, you know, I, I think Jerry Jones is the kind of guy you you know, see somebody like Peyton out there and get an itchy trigger finger and want to go for that. I don't know if Dallas would be interesting to Sean, but. Um, you know, they got a pretty good quarterback over there too, and some really good pieces on the roster, and obviously a team that's had a lot of success there. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you know if Dallas just completely collapses at the end of the year, like they have in recent years. If if uh, Jerry Jones tries to make a, a huge splash move. All right, one more thing before we get to the timeout. Um, we, we we spoke last week about Dennis Allen, and it just. I keep telling myself, can he really be that clueless? Like this week he was quoted talking about how they need to look into something like they need to look into more ways with Alvin Kamara, how to use him. Well, he's been here how long? How, how, how can that still be an issue of how to use him? And I agree with him. They've been using him really poorly. But it just it just seems like he just either he just is a complete press conference nightmare and I keep saying he can't really be that clueless. Yeah, I don't know. The, the Alvin Kamara thing has been pretty confounding this year. Yeah, obviously teams are, are are using him as a focal point, right? They don't want to get beat by Alvin, but I think there's still ways that you can you can force feed him, right? You can you can just just get the ball in his hands, just let him have the ball, and make something happen. And I, and I don't think that's necessarily just. Uh, just you know, turn it around and handing him off, handing it off for an outside zone twenty times a game. Um, you know, there, there are ways they can make it. They can make this work. Um, and I, I just don't. I don't understand how. You know, we're about to be in week fifteen right now, and he hasn't had an Alvin Kamara type of game for for you know over a month. Um, even though they've they've faced some really good defenses, some defenses that have had some success against him in the past, it just it doesn't make sense to me it, that that he's just not. He's not what everything revolves around. Do you think Pete Carmichael all these years, every time Sean Payton called a screenplay, he's like, man, if I ever get to be the offensive coordinator, I'm never going to run a screenplay. That's stupid. Like, explain <laughs> that to me. I, I wish I could, man. They have, they have run a couple of tight end screens, but that's not Alvin catching the ball. So, um, <laughs> look, I, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's it's been a really really confusing season. That you know, a lot of the same issues just keep cropping up week after week, and uh, they can't seem to find solutions for them. Uh, it's been really frustrating. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, look, I, again, I'm not as critical as most people are overall, but there are a couple things like the 41 thing and the screen pass and I just never utilizing it ever. And then, the, you know, the whole, I, I don't know, a couple things just confound me. Anyway, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back with Luke and we'll get more a little bit into this matchup and what's going on uh, in the dome potentially on Sunday. We'll be back on the game. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter. Now, the former New Orleans Saints longtime head coach who quit on the team after a tough season. Also known as Sean Payton. Now back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Before we get back to Luke, want to remind you, France, Argentina, World Cup Final Sunday, 9 a.m., if you would like to watch, Delta Media's got you covered. Telemundo Lafayette free over the air, KLWB Channel 50.3 or Cox Channel 19. For our Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch the finals. Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air, Channel 19.2 or Sudden Link 137. Delta Media's got you covered for all the World Cup action. All right, Luke. I have to ask... Uh, I don't think there's very many games in recent years you and I have watched where someone did not fake an injury. So I know that there are a lot of people that think Saints fans go overboard that they are not on the they are still on the Saint on the NFL's naughty list. How can you explain the Saints getting fined when this is something that happens every game and every season that has been played in recent memory? Oh, I don't know, man. I, and I, I don't think there's any reasonable explanation for why the Saints got fined for this one in particular. Um, like the the whole thing didn't make sense, right? Like Cam Jordan actually was hurt. Um, he wasn't at practice on Wednesday yesterday, um, which you know, I mean, we're a week and a half removed from that game. Um, you know, it happened on a third and seventeen play when the Bucks didn't convert. They were facing a fourth and ten from like their own twenty-five or thirty-yard line. Um, Saints were up by fourteen points at the time or thirteen points. Um, yeah, n- nothing makes sense about it. Um, so I, I fully expect that um, that final get rescinded uh, based on just the, the pretty overwhelming evidence that he wasn't faking an injury. Uh, but as far as why the Saints were uh, were specifically targeted on this, I can't give you a good answer. I think that that just feeds into uh, a lot of people saying the NFL has a vendetta against the team. Which I was hoping with, you know, with Casper not around was going to end, but apparently it has not. But it, all right, so this week that the Saints picked up a, line, a running back, I, I think it's about 18 months too late for my taste. But, I mean, as being a running back, Theoretically, he might be available Sunday, right? Yeah, he might be. Um, 
depending on how quickly they can get him up to speed. I mean, he'll be on the active roster. Um, so, yeah, th- that'll give him three, right, with him, Kamara, and David Johnson. Um, I wouldn't expect a, a really big role. But I, I'd, I'd expect to see him on the field, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't think um, I don't think what they do is is really all that complicated from a running back standpoint. You know, a lot of a lot of what they they run, like their running plays, are you know, pretty similar to, to what a lot of teams run. You know, they they have that zone blocking scheme that um, that guys are pretty familiar with. So um, I just don't I I don't know if he's any good. <laughs> you know, right. he said he's had one good good game in his career. He's only been in the NFL for three years. He's only played two of those years. Uh, he had one good game, and it came against the Saints earlier this year. He ran for 92 yards and added uh, about 20 yards through the air. Um, that, that That is accounting for about a quarter of his career production. But, again, kind of for a point you made in the last um, segment is, you know, that this is going to be the first defense time that the Saints have not played like an elite rushing defense in it seemed like five or six weeks. So they might actually be able to run the ball for the first time since like October. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of anticipating that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating a big role for Taysom Hill this week um, because he's just crushed the Falcons every time he's played them. Uh, I think his career like against all NFL teams, he has more passing yards against the Falcons, more passing touchdowns against the Falcons, more rushing yards, more rushing touchdowns than against any other team. And obviously they play him a lot, but, um, he's having a pretty high degree of success against those guys. I, I'd expect a big role for him, and I expect him to have a lot of success. Um, I think they'd be stupid if they don't do that. Um, and I, I think you know, maybe this is time that Alvin Kamara actually gets back on track. Um, so it's it's possible. I, you know, I, I actually feel pretty good about this game for the Saints, especially considering the Falcons are starting a rookie quarterback. So, um, But, you know, every time I, I feel like I expect them to, to – to do well or to, to win, they, they seem to find a way to make me eat those words. So we'll see what happens. Well, um, in recent years, playing the rookie quarterback hasn't really worked out for the Saints. So, like, I mean, I don't know that there's any kind of commonality to that, but it, they, they really have struggled with rookie quarterbacks in recent years. Yeah, I mean, they have. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think – We'll see on Sunday because he's making his NFL debut. But I, I think Desmond Ritter is probably in a different class than some of those other rookie quarterbacks they've faced. Yeah, you know, I, I think we we all now know what Jalen Hurts is. Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, you know, even Kenny Pickett you know, didn't didn't have a great game against the Saints, but it was enough to win the game because the Saints offense didn't do squat. Um, I, I just I think this is a just a, a different type of scenario than some of those other kind of struggles they've had you know, against whether it was RG3 or Justin Herbert or whatever the case may be. Um, different type of player. I, I think the, the defense has been actually playing pretty well lately at that late game collapse notwithstanding against Tampa. So I, you know, I, I just I kind of expect this one to go pretty well. Do you have any – I think most fans, even optimistic fans, after the Monday night loss uh, was just like, okay, that's it. That's the season. Do you – 
I mean, I, I don't think NFL teams and, you know, whatever, different per- – I don't think they quit or shut it down. People say it all, I pitch your tent, fold your tent. I don't think that stuff happens nearly as often as people suggest that it does. But w- w- do you have a sense of – you think the, how motivated is this team still? Uh, it's tough to get a, a real read on. You know, everybody's saying the right stuff right now. Um, and we talked to a couple of the team leaders um, on Monday – um, they're all saying the right things, right? And, and I don't think you see any any necessarily like lack of energy or enthusiasm at practices or anything like that. Um, but you know, the, the reality is they're, they're human beings. They know that their their season is probably toast, right? I, I mean, they need a miracle to make the playoffs and win the division. Um, so you know, they're, they're really for the first time in a long time here. They're they're just kind of playing out the string. Um, so. I don't think you're going to get a real sense of that until until game day and see how they go from there. Uh, because you know, they can all say the right things right now, but if you know if something goes bad early on Sunday, you know, then maybe like Atlanta gets a pick six or something like that and they get down into a hole, maybe you see them you know, just start to shrug their shoulders and go, okay, I guess this isn't our year. Um, you know, I think it's going to be something that we're all watching out for. And I am really interested to see what the um, – what the fan reception is on Sunday and then see if, if, you know, it's the regular atmosphere of the dome or see if the fans have checked out too. Uh, do you think Jawan Johnson will play? I do. Yeah. He was back out of practice yesterday. I think that was a good sign. Um, you know, after he first had the injury, I was, I was kind of thinking this might be a sort of scenario where he's out for a couple of weeks, but it looks like maybe the, the Tampa game was, was all he might be required to miss. Uh, so, you know, I, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as the, as the weeks progress. They, they've had, you know, obviously guys like Pete Warner and Marshawn Lattimore have been practicing lately and haven't been back in the field. Um, so it's not necessarily a guarantee that he's out there. If he looks good, I would expect him to play. So you think it is po- realistic Lattimore could play? It's possible, yeah. And, but, I, yeah, I thought he was going to play last week. And then, um, and then that didn't happen. So, you know, maybe – you know, maybe the Saints are taking a little bit of caution with these guys, especially guys like Lattimore, who they have a lot invested in. Guys like Pete Warner, who's going to be a pretty foundational part of what they do in the, in the coming years, um, where they're like, you know, okay, it'd be really, really nice to have these guys, but um, let's not rush them back, especially with the bye. Um, yeah, I think maybe there's there's a chance that that's kind of the route they were taking. It'll give Lattimore another two weeks to, to really heal up and, and get back there for the stretch run. So, We'll see, though. I, I, you know, again, I, I thought he was going to play last week, and he didn't. Well, and if they would have won the game like they should have, then it would have worked out perfectly. I mean, it's just amazing how one or two plays in, like, they could be in tremendous shape right now in terms of tiebreakers and getting players healthy. It's it, just so many things about that game that are just over-the-top frustrating. That's been, like, kind of the whole season, honestly. Like, there's there's a lot of – individual plays you can look at the season where it's just like man if they just would have done that there or didn't do this here or fell on that loose ball there like the season could be dramatically different you know we could be talking about a team with a winning record uh but you know again this is something that I've, I've said on your show in the past i just you know bad teams find a way not to make those plays and that's that's why the saints are a bad team right now is there anybody that you're pretty sure that was on the injury report yesterday won't be playing? Uh, let's see. They were without. I, I mean, you know, I, 
I think the the guys who probably won't be playing are, are guys who don't have huge roles in the team anyway. Guys like Zach Bond. Um, yeah, I was trying, trying to even remember who it was. It was Dwayne Washington, Zach Bond, um, Cam Jordan, I think, will play. Um, Mark Ingram was put on IR yesterday. I think there was one more who wasn't out there. Um, I, either way, I, I think they'll be okay. Um, I, I think they'll, you know, I mean, we'll see about you know, the guys we've, we've been talking about, Pete Werner and Marshawn Lattimore, but I, you know, I think they'll, they'll be potentially as healthy as they've been all season. Well, again, the, like you said, the crowd support and all that's going to be we'll, – we'll, we'll see how that plays. But uh, I guess winning just makes you feel a little better. So if they could get a win, they you know might. But, man, it just seems like Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, those are going to be the days that are really hard to get up if they're – especially if they become mathematically eliminated by then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if they're out of, the, out of the playoff hunt and they go to Cleveland and it's – 20 degrees outside playing on Christmas Eve away from their families. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play that game. <laughs> uh, I, I, absolutely. Ab- absolutely not. So, uh, do you have, we talked about this like two weeks ago, but do, do you have any, before I let you go, any, you mentioned Andy Dalton and I agree with you. He he's played way better than I thought that he even could, but do, do you have any sense that like, how, how much more of a chance, and maybe we thought six weeks ago that he really will be the starting quarterback next year? No, I just think there's there's so many different moving parts at play here. Um, you know, you, whether they they punt on the draft class this year because they can, you know, they don't have a first round pick, and they they end up getting a you know veteran quarterback to come in, a, a more established one. Um, you know, they, they, there's there's just so many different ways this can go. I think it's way too soon to, to even speculate on that. I think I do think that there's a chance, though, especially if, if Dennis Allen is here. He obviously likes Den- uh, Andy. Um, you know, I, I think um, I, I think there's a chance. There's a chance, uh, but I, I don't think it'll be. You know, it's just Andy Dalton if that's the case. I think if Andy Dalton's returning as a starting quarterback next year, it is. You know, as as a placeholder. Um, for for somebody else in the future, I, I, I don't think that they're just going to roll out there and say he's our guy. All righty, sir. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much. My pleasure, man. Talk to you next Take week. Take care, Luke Johnson. He does. Um, I appreciate him coming on very much. And uh, you know, I a year ago when he was talking about picking a quarterback in the first round, I I I, I didn't dismiss it, but I really didn't. I I very much disagreed with him. I still disagree with him, but this is going to be the first time if they can acquire a pick to, to his point. I mean, we don't even know if they're going to have one. Probably, you know, chances are, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the chances are that they'll have one, but I guess I'll entertain it for the first time in like my life, <laughs> my whole life. Uh, but I still don't, I still don't like the idea of it. I do not like the idea of it. And he's always been way more willing for that than me. Not a pick the quarterback in the first round guy at all. All right, we'll take our last time out. Come back, finish out today's show next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astro. Oh, man. The way I, my mind is working right now, I think I just need to have a few days in a row where I just listen to music like that over and over again. Welcome back. 
to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Um, ju- before we finish out today's show, I want to remind you, like we always do, to go join the Game Rewards Club where you can win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. Great stocking stuff for ideas, all kind of great prizes, but also be eligible for all the other little prizes that come up like the Hangout Music Fest. So, again, you you put yourself eligible for so many great winnings if you join the Game Rewards Club, so do so today. Um, we, we knew it already. We mentioned it last week, and we mentioned it before the game was even played. The the, the Monday night lost in, to the Yucks, and, you know, it was a debacle is what it was, but... It was a game where they probably executed the vast majority of the game like they were three touchdowns better and executed that way, but they didn't put them away, and so they didn't happen, and they ended up blowing it. And, you know, obviously Mark Ingram, who hopefully we will never have to see play another down of football again in a Saint uniform, uh, was obviously a big part of that as well. But it, it all of that came back to me during the interview with Luke because – you know, again, there's a lot of reason to believe that's the one's going to play at cornerback. Like, in other words, they're going to be healthier. Pete Werner's going to be back. They're going to be Jawan Johnson, maybe good chance. All of that's going to happen. If they had just, even with everything else that went wrong this year, they had just won that game. If Mark Ingram was just a bad football player instead of really, 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 really bad, just a bad football player. That's all they needed was for marking to be a bad football player. And everything would be totally different. They'd have the tiebreakers potentially on their side. They'd be playing. The, 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 the path to winning the division would be pretty clear cut. Now, no guarantee. You still got to win games. But they'd be healthier than they've ever been. All because of one play. They just change one play, even with everything else that went wrong. It, this, the entire outlook would be totally different. Just so unbelievable. Instead, it's just over. <laughs> it is sports is something. It, it is really something. And look, I know Luke doesn't believe that the Saints, and, and Luke's not the only one, that the NFL doesn't have something against the Saints. But even that crowd is really having a tough time to explain some of the things that happen. And I'm telling y'all, had the Saints won the division, they'd be changing the rule. They'd be changing the rules. All right, y'all have a nice day.